Welcome back to another episode of My Mess is My Message. My name's Allie Malone, and I'm very excited to be with you all today. Today in the podcast, I have Alana Dunn, who is the founder, executive producer, and host of the Seeing Other People podcast. I've been following Alana since she started her podcast back in January of 2021, and I found a lot of value in all of her content. Through her episodes, she makes you feel less alone and more empowered in your dating life. During today's episode, we will not only discuss why she started her podcast and talk through her dating experiences, but you also share various pieces of dating advice that you might find beneficial as you navigate dating. So let's get right into it. Hey, Alana, welcome to the podcast. Um, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm good. It's so fun to have you on, like, since I have been following you since you started your podcast back in, like, January of 2021. For the audience, if you don't know, Alana is the founder, executive producer, and host of the Seeing Other People podcast. It's fun because I have been following your podcast since you started it, but I was single back then and now I am in a relationship. So it's been really fun to see how the content's changed and still been relatable throughout, you know, all my dating. But just for the audience, if you want to like introduce yourself a little bit, just your age, where you're currently living. So I am 28. I live in New York City on the Upper East Side and I have a dog. I very much consider dog mom to be a major personality trait of mine because he consumes a lot of my life. I'm staring at him right now. He's very cute. And yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And so what drew you to move to New York City? So I grew up outside of New York City in Westchester County. I went to school upstate at Syracuse University. And I pretty much always planned to move to New York with the exception of a few times where I thought I'd maybe move to LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do business. So I kind of knew it was always New York or LA. But I, you know, most of my family and friends just because of my close association with New York, it's like my whole world is here. I never, you know, thought that I would leave. And and on one hand, I always did want to, you know, spend a year going somewhere else. I just think that'd be really cool for me to do. But I think I've kind of passed that point where it would make sense for me to do so. So now I'm just New York for life, I guess. Yeah, New York is the best place. And so initially out of college, did you have a different job or were you always interested in podcasting? What kind of drew you to start the podcast? I studied television, radio, film, and music in college. Out of college, I worked at a record label. I was like all in on the music industry, never imagined I would want to leave. It's funny because I actually think back to college and I was one of like the five people every year out of like the 200 people in my program who ended up choosing like R out of television, radio, film, it was TRF and R was radio. And like my senior capstone, while everyone else was like working on scripts and screenplays and like producing films, I literally like created what I thought was a radio show. But at the end of the day, it was literally a podcast and like created like six episodes of a podcast with a friend of mine. And it's so funny to think back where it's like, I actually like was doing this a while ago. I never really thought that it was something I wanted to do, but I ended up working at Hinge for a while. And I was doing a lot of content on their socials and, you know, there were short videos. And the more I started opening up about my personal life, I realized like that's what was helping people the most. And as much as a 60 second, 120 second video could help somebody, like how much more could a 60 minute long episode help? So that was really how I started it. And um, I actually started a podcast first for Hinge called Dating Sucks. And it was immediately like, holy shit, this is what I love to do. 
Yeah. And it's cool. It is like when you are vulnerable, people really like attach to that and they can relate to it. I know like listening to your podcast, you've mentioned like, you know, starting off, you kind of were an anxious dater and it's kind of evolved since starting the podcast. Why do you think that is? When I started the podcast, I was single and I met my now boyfriend of, you know, almost two years shortly into it. And with him, I completely became this relaxed, comfortable secure version of myself that I had never experienced in dating. And I think it's because I was dating all of the wrong types of people. I was dating people who were not good at communicating. I was dating people who didn't know what they wanted. And once I actually dated somebody who, you know, knew what he wanted and he openly communicated with me and was upfront and honest, it just made me feel so safe and like, oh my God, I can actually just be myself and say what's on my mind and not have to worry and not have to panic about what he might be doing that I don't know because he's actually telling me what he's doing. And it really changed the game for me. No, I, that is so relatable too, just because I'm now in like a healthy relationship where it's open communication and it really makes such a difference. Cause I was the same way, more of like, I wasn't in like a toxic relationship, but there was less communication. And also I was like a lot more, I was younger too. So like, it's crazy to look back and to see how you can be in a healthy relationship with open communication when it's like the right person. How did you and your boyfriend meet? We did meet on Hinge. It's kind of a crazy Hinge story that I think has a lot of learnings that we can take from it. Mm-hmm. We matched in January of 2021, deep into the pandemic. He messaged me and he said something like, hey, I also love the Jonas Brothers. It's because I had a prompt about loving the Jonas Brothers in my profile. I didn't answer him. About 10 days later, he messaged me again and said, hey, figured I'd try again. How was your week? And I have no idea why I didn't answer him. And a lot of people are like, I would never follow up or double text on an app. That's so embarrassing. It's like, you literally have nothing to lose. And when he texted me, I responded and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad you followed up. I don't know how I missed your message before. Like, And we got into an amazing conversation about which is our favorite brother and which is our favorite Jonas Brothers song. And we're literally going to Las Vegas in two weeks to see the Jonas Brothers together. So when we ended up you know, getting into a conversation, conversations kind of going well, I texted a mutual friend of ours named Helena. And I was like, Helena, what's this guy's deal? And she was like, Alana, scroll up in our text. We had this exact conversation in October. And I was like, holy shit. I, I literally said the exact same thing to her in October. And she told me he's a great guy, like told me the story about him and how she knows him and stuff, told me I should totally talk to him. And I never messaged him. I just didn't talk to him. Don't know why. And recently she and I were reminiscing on that. And I ended up going back to finding those texts from October of 2020. And that is when I learned that what I had said to her was, I've been going back through old matches that I never had a conversation with. I matched with this guy in May of this year, but neither of us messaged each other. And I kind of want to, what's his deal? So we literally matched in May. Neither of us said anything to each other or March or something. And in October, I thought about maybe messaging him, ended up not. And then we matched again in January. I didn't answer. And then he sent another message. Like it is crazy how... The number, I'm a firm believer in like, we've all definitely swiped left on like so many people that we could form such a great partnership with. I am a firm believer that you should absolutely send that other message. You know, you have literally nothing to lose. And it's just so crazy because he and I always talk about how had we ended up going on a date in October or in March, like we were not in the right time. 
and place for us to actually have had it lead to our relationship. It's like right person, but maybe not the right time back then. But it's cool. I mean, literally meant to be when he keeps coming up. And I know you mentioned you guys are moving, I think moving in together, right? We moved in together at the end of August. So we're only coming up on two months. Thank you. How did you know like you were ready to make that decision? And because it is a big step in a relationship. That's a question that I get asked a lot. And we had talked about it very early on. We had talked about it probably like a year before just, you know, talking about our leases and where we'd want to be and what made sense for us. And so we kind of always knew it was coming, but how I knew that like it felt right. I mean, it really just felt like an organic next step. It wasn't like a big, scary thing. You know, we were spending probably like five nights a week together anyway. We lived six blocks away. He had four roommates. I had a one bedroom and our dog. So he was always here. And it was just like, the only thing that's not here is his stuff. It wasn't scary. It didn't feel like this major, huge decision that we had to make or thing that we had to do. It just felt like, oh yeah, obviously we're going to live together next. And I think that's good. I think that's how it should feel. I don't think it should be this scary thing that like, oh, what are we going to find out about each other? Or what if this is a mistake? Like it should just feel natural. Mm -hmm. I totally agree that it should feel natural. And it's like, there's no reason to also look at other people's timelines of when they moved in with their boyfriend, everyone's on such a different page. So I'm just curious to like any tips you have for people that are single, that are on the apps and like the best ways to really optimize their experience on there. Yes. I have a ton of profile optimization tips. First of all, you know, your prompts, just your profile in general, like you're not trying to show every single best photo of you ever. You know, like this is an Instagram. And I think that's specifically women. The biggest issue I see is I'll look at a profile and like someone will come to me and be like, what should I do differently? And it's like, well, this is a great profile if you're trying to show that you're a basic bitch and meet other basic bitches. Like this is not at all going to help you attract a guy who wants to date you. Mm -hmm. It's just showing like you with the coffee cup and the sunglasses halfway down your face and looking out into the distance in front of a graffiti wall and like all this stuff that literally says nothing about you. Mm -hmm. And that's what your profile is there to do. It's there to share information about you. It's there to give other people a look into your life, into your passions, your hobbies, the things you like to do, the things that make you you. And so I'd focus less on, you know, making sure every photo is the best you've ever looked and more, you know, showing like the silly, weird, goofy side of you, like show yourself doing the things you love or with the people that you love. Um, And the same thing for prompts. I think people try really hard to, you know, be perfectly witty and funny and not seem like they're trying too hard. And that doesn't help you. You need to actually like give information about yourself. And so like one of my, what I really suggest for people for prompts is to have three types of prompts. One, that is a list of things that you like or things that make you you. One, that is a question. And one that can incorporate something that can lead to a date, like talking about specific food that you like or drink that you like or, you know, park you love to go to. I think that gives a really good variety that can allow somebody multiple different, what I call connection points to jump off of. And so like, let me give you an example of what I mean by a list. And this is what I had in my profile and and why Jake and I matched. It was, I won't shut off about. I wrote my dog, Zoe, the Jonas Brothers, Sugarfish, and whatever song I'm listening to on repeat right now. And if you were to have asked my friends at the time, like, 
what are four things that define Zolana? That's literally what they would have said. Are they the coolest things in the world? Absolutely not. It's like an overhyped sushi place, my dog, the Jonas Brothers, and more about music. But those are things that really defined me. And so anybody could look at that. And if they also love dogs, or even if you know they're just curious, they could say, oh, what kind of dog is Zoe? How long have you had Zoe? They could say, what's sugarfish? I've never heard of that. Or, oh my God, I love sugarfish. We should totally go. Or like, what makes the Jonas Brothers so special? Who's your favorite brother? Or, okay, what song is on repeat now? Or you need to listen to that song. So I really encourage people to try and put together lists of things that make them them because that's how you're setting yourself up to actually find a connection with somebody about something. I love that too. And I love the list too, because it gives like so many different com- like topics for a conversation to start off of. Like you said, it's just important to really express like who you are in the app because like you might as well just like put yourself out there because then you'll attract the right person. When you like try to be someone else, you're going to attract the wrong person. So I completely agree with that. So besides the app, do you have any other suggestions of where people can meet other single people? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really important to emphasize that, you know, just because dating apps exist doesn't mean that bars don't exist. Doesn't mean that speed dating and singles mixers and going to a party at your friend's apartment suddenly disappeared. All of these other ways that people have met for generations and generations and literally all of human history before dating apps started to exist a few years ago, they all still exist. And so people put so much weight on the dating apps. Like if they're not having success on the dating apps, then they're doomed. Like you can literally still strike up a conversation with somebody on the subway or in line at a coffee shop or at a concert that you're going to, you know, I think we all need to really practice saying like, hi, I'm Alana. I think we're not comfortable doing that because everybody's so sucked into their phones and, you know, we'd rather DM somebody or leave a comment on something and see if that can lead to something. But I think, you know, really trying to find places that you feel comfortable in. And for example, like a friend of mine, I've been trying to get her to go to any form of like event where she could possibly meet people. And she's been really hesitant to. And I found a bookstore that was having a speed dating event. And she's a huge reader. And you know what? Guess who else is going to be there? Other people who love to read. And so that felt like way more of a comfortable scenario for herself to put herself into and something where she could actually meet somebody who she has things in common with. So really being open to going to places and understanding that like, yeah, it might not, you might not like walk out of there having met somebody to go on a date with, but at least you're getting practice in. Totally. And also sometimes looking at like going to those events, like at least you're like, you'll meet someone interesting or meet like a new friend or something like that. Like going with that mindset versus like, oh, I'm going to find the love of my life there. Yeah. I also think people are like very scared of rejection and that's why like they're scared to put themselves out there. You will be rejected most likely like once or twice in your life and you have to put yourself out there because that's really the only way you're going to meet someone. What type of mindset do you think someone should be in when they go into each date? Oh my God. Okay. I love that you asked this question because I think that people are really approaching first dates wrong. We put so much pressure on the first date where it's like, first of all, a lot of the time we spent way too long talking to this person over text that we've, you know, now put them on a pedestal. We are like obsessed with them. We already think like they're the one we're already checking out how our first name sounds with their last name. Like absolutely not. You have not met this person. They might literally suck. You might have nothing to talk to them about. They might start talking and have a really weird voice that super turns you off. Like you don't know them yet. And so 
I think we need to really like take a step back, take the pressure off of thinking like this date needs to go well, or like I have a really good feeling about this person. I really hope we hit it off and that they're the one. And instead just say, I hope I have a good time tonight and I hope I have fun. I hope I learned something. And guess what? If you end up getting a second date, that's a cherry on top. And what do I mean by learning something? Learn something about whether it's like something that they do for a living or you actually really enjoyed talking about X topic that you've never talked about on a date before, or you learned that, you know, you were a little vulnerable and it felt good and wasn't as scary as you thought it would be. Or it could be something as simple as there's a restaurant you wanted to try and you went there and you learned that you liked it or you tried a new drink and realized you didn't like it. Whatever it is, like you just want to learn something from the date. And then if you have fun, great. And if you get another date, that's like extra, extra, extra top like win. And I think that would just make everybody like so much more relaxed and also lead to better dates because you're not so focused on the outcome. Totally. I think with that type of mindset, you're putting way less pressure on something to happen. You're just learning something about like yourself or something else. So I think that's great, great advice. What's something you wish you knew sooner when you first started dating? Ooh. Huh. Okay. I wish I knew that if somebody says they're not looking for something serious but they really like hanging out with me and are super down to keep hanging out with me. If I'm like cool with that and understand that, like leave, walk away because Alana, you're not cool with that. And you do want something serious with them and you're not going to change their mind. So many times I, you know, would get a few dates down the line with somebody and I'd hear them say that. And I would be so caught up in like, well, I really like them and it's so good when we're together and that connection's there. And, you know, they're saying they don't want something serious, but they're saying they like me. And so maybe if I stick around and like act chill, I'll change their mind and I'll convince them to want to be with me. And first of all, you're not, you shouldn't have to convince somebody to want to be with you. There will be people out there who want to be with you as you are and who are going to be so excited at the opportunity to be with you. And second, I ended up every single time getting so much more hurt because, you know, I had that hanging over me the whole time. I still continued going on and I started getting deeper and deeper feelings for this person only to find out a few months later that they still were not looking for something serious. And, you know, I'd be like, well, why the fuck did they keep hanging out with me and introduce me to their all their friends and have X number of sleepovers with me a week? Well, because they already communicated that and thought that I was okay with it. So it was really my own fault. Mm -hmm. That's really great advice. Um, I'm also curious if you have any other date ideas that's not just, you know, going out to eat or going to grab a drink at a bar. I think the most underrated thing, especially in New York City, and I'm sure in many other cities and towns are board game bars. There are a lot of board game bars and coffee shops that also serve like beer and wine. And I think that is such a fun kind of date. It also, again, like takes the pressure off because you're focused on this other thing. It brings out like a competitive flirty side of both of you. And it's not that typical. Like people don't go to board games bars all the time, but they're there. And I think it's so fun. Like I'm a huge, like I'm so competitive. I grew up playing board games with my parents and I play words with friends, my dad and our phones every day. Like 
for somebody like me, I think this is like such a fun game and you don't have not game, but date. And you don't have to be like a big gamer. You could pick up a deck of cards and play or play Jenga, whatever it is. But I just think it, it adds something, this like third object into the picture where you can both be a little less focused on like, how is this date going? And you can actually just enjoy it and relax and have fun with it. So I definitely, definitely suggest that. I mean, as the holidays are approaching, as it gets colder, there are like holiday markets popping up everywhere. I think that's a great way to, you know, go on a date. I think anything like ice skating or grabbing a hot cider and going to a park. And again, you can like bring a deck of cards with you. There's a lot more than just dinner dates. I also think cooking or meeting. I met up with a guy for a first date. We met at Whole Foods and went food shopping together and then went home to his apartment and cooked. And it was an amazing first date and it was like fun and silly. And we got to know, I think, a lot about each other from that grocery shopping experience. So there's so many ways to be creative. And I think sometimes just thinking about what you would do with your friends that you would enjoy a lot and turning those into dates. Those are all great suggestions. Are there any like conversations that you think should be had early on when you first start dating, like after a few dates, getting to know someone just to understand like their intentions and what they want in life? Yeah. So this is a very hot take and I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but I really like talking about dating on dates and whether talking about dating looks like talking about past relationships or talking about, you know, how have the dating apps been for you lately? And I think you learn so much in that person's answer. You can learn what their intentions are and what they're looking for. You can learn why their last relationship didn't work out. It obviously depends on the information that they offer up, but also you opening up about these things. And, you know, don't spend an entire date talking about your exes. Nobody wants to hear that. But just really the core of like what you're looking for and, you know, maybe why some stuff hasn't worked out and that you're excited to move forward and find the person who it does work out with. I think if that's where you're at, I think anybody else who's looking for that same thing is going to be really thrilled to hear that. And it also just creates a space of communicating and being open and honest. And the sooner you can start doing that, A, the more comfortable you're going to feel and B, the more you're laying a foundation to have a healthy partnership. I agree. I think it's important to like communicate, understand their intentions, just because if they're going to be dating multiple people, that's very important to know upfront if you're focused on getting a boyfriend or an exclusive relationship. I know you get so much different advice from all your different podcasts, but is there any like key points that like you want to call out pieces of advice? I think every single dating issue and challenge and struggle goes back to either miscommunication or a lack of communication. And I get it. Like, and I've, trust me, I've been there. I'm not at all like the queen of communication. I had so many problems in past situations because of communication issues on both ends. But if like we were never taught in college or in any part of our education, like how to actually communicate with somebody, which is really unfortunate because it's the most important lesson that and skill that we can develop. But I think really, you know, learning what you need from somebody and communicating that. Like I love to give this example of there was a guy I was a few dates in with and on the dates, everything was amazing. And then between the dates, I would hardly hear from him. You know, he would make that other plan, but then we would hardly talk. And I'd get so in my head because I'm a really big texter. And I would literally think like this guy hates me. But then like we'd get to the next date and the date would be great. And then 
I would be on a high and then I wouldn't hear from him. And I'd be like, what the hell is going on? And so I finally, this is a really eye-opening thing for me was I said to him, I feel like I'm a little confused because I feel like when I see you, everything is so great. And then I just really don't hear from you that much during the week. And I don't know if, you know, I'm in my head because I'm a really big texter. Like maybe you're not, or maybe we're just like looking for different things, but I'm like kind of curious because I'm super confused over here. And immediately, and I said this in person, I think that's also really important, like have important conversations in person. But immediately he was like, oh my God, I'm, I had no idea that you were feeling that way. I'm so sorry. That's not my intention. I'm just like not a big texter, especially during the week. But if it would make you happy, if I texted you more, like I can absolutely do that. And I was like, holy shit. If I communicate about my needs, A, that person can communicate back. B, I can learn if they're able to meet my needs or not. And see if they are, then they have the opportunity to show up in the way that I need them to. And if they can't do that, well, then I'd rather learn that sooner than later. And so I think really figuring out like what you need from someone in a, any situationship, relationship, whether it's, you know, you need by the fifth date to express that you're not seeing anyone else and know that they're on the same page. And if they're not, okay, well, then you know. You're like, I think it's always better to ask the question and get the answer than to be sitting there making up stories in your head, overthinking, you know, being so anxious that you can't sleep, can't eat, can't focus, whatever it is that happens to you when you're anxious. I think just communicating, asking the question, expressing your needs, like that is how you set yourself up to end up in a partnership that works for you. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like the power in communication. Incredible. It really makes such a difference. And it's best for both parties because everyone understands the intention. I'm also curious. So ghosting, some people ghost. Someone ghosts you. How should you react? How do you feel about that? If somebody ghosts you, I think the biggest takeaway that you need to have is that it was not going to work out with that person anyway, because they lack any communication skills needed to have a relationship. You deserve so much more than somebody who can't even, you know, take 20 seconds to write a text that they had a good time, but aren't interested in continuing to see you or even literally copy and paste a text from their notes app or the text that their friend wrote and send that and send that to you. Like telling somebody you're not interested in them and sending that anti-ghost text is the absolute bare minimum that we should be doing to each other in dating. And if somebody can't even give you that, then A, it was never going to work, but B, you do not want that person anyway. And so I think really recognizing that I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. I'm not saying it doesn't question, make you question like, why me? Why does this happen? Like, why can't I find somebody? Whatever it is, like I've asked myself these questions so many times, but this person is not it. And you need to recognize that you deserve so much more and, you know, let yourself be upset, but also let yourself accept and understand that this was not it and that your person is still out there. I love that. That is really, really good advice. I'm also curious to hear, you know how people say like you need to be like good or like enough to like date or like you need to be good with yourself before you put yourself out there and start dating. How do you feel about that? I never really understood this. It's like you need to love yourself before yes. you can be loved by somebody else. I never, I always resented that and I never understood it until I actually got to a place where I did love myself. And then I was like, oh, this makes sense. And I think the reason why is because 
you know, we can get so caught up in, I want a boyfriend. I think like, I want to be in a relationship. And the fact that I'm not in a relationship is like the reason for all of my issues. Like I spent so many years truly believing that if I got a boyfriend, all of my problems would be solved and I would be happy. And that is not true at all. There were so many other parts of my life that I needed to work on in order for me to actually be happy. And I'm sure a relationship and I was in relationships throughout this period and they didn't work out because I was not fulfilled in these other aspects of my life because these people came into my life and they didn't solve all of my problems. And so it wasn't until I actually worked on these other parts of my life that I wasn't totally happy with that I was able to meet somebody and end up in a healthy relationship and have it work out because I did actually feel like a whole ass person without them. And I did have so many aspects of my life that I, you know, admired and loved and appreciated about myself. And then I met somebody and that's when it actually worked because it wasn't like, well, if I lose this person, I'm going to have nothing. It was, I hope this works out. And if it doesn't, I'm still awesome. I completely agree and can relate to it because I used to say, if I have a boyfriend, I'll be happy. And then I finally was good with myself and I realized I didn't need anyone to be happy. And not only like was I more confident in myself, like I was fully – like I would just be myself when I would put myself out there because I was like, if no one likes me, like whatever. Like I'll be fine if I – Like I like me. Yeah, Yeah, I like me. And and that's when you attract the right person, I really do believe because you're you're just being yourself. One final question. Have you had like a favorite podcast guest or like a favorite podcast episode that like you suggest anyone like listening to? I mean, I'm sure you love all your podcast episodes, but. That is such a hard question. I know. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. There's one episode that really jumps out to me. And this is actually not an episode with like big guests. I have, um, for those who, who are unfamiliar with seeing other people, I have two types of episodes. I have my Tuesday episodes where I have like experts or influencers, like whoever who has either like a big presence and or is like an expert on a specific topic come on and then I also have my listeners come on usually anonymously to actually talk about their dating experiences and I had a listener come on and this was a very like like controversial episode where we were definitely like debating things I'm trying to find it so I can figure out what it's called um Bear with me. Okay. It was called Unfiltered, What Men Think Women Get Wrong About Dating. I actually listened to that yesterday. Shut up. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. That's so funny. Yeah. So that was a male listener came on to talk about what he thinks women get wrong in dating. And it was, I think, an episode that a lot of, especially women, need to hear because you know, I think we like to blame, especially like if you're a cis woman, you know, dating men, we like to blame the men. It's their fault. It's not our fault. But guess what? There are a lot of things that we're doing that are not serving us, that are not helping us, that are not helping us help them. And I think there's a lot that we can all do a little bit better. And so this was a really interesting conversation where, you know, we're kind of pointing out like it's almost like gender wars, but at the end of the day, we're all doing things that are not helping any of us. And there's a lot that we can be doing better. And so I think that's an episode that, you know, people can definitely learn something from. Okay, final question. So now that you are in a relationship, what are some things that you find so important in being in a relationship? I know we talked about communication, but is there any other things that you would add? I would say 
figure out what your needs are and make sure, you know, you're putting your best foot forward with your profile. You wouldn't apply to a job with a resume that you spent five minutes on. You would consult with other people about your resume, make sure it's really describing the things that you've done in your previous roles and help and like fitting with that next role that you want to get. And I think the same should absolutely go for your dating app profile. You know, you need to be putting more effort into making sure it's an accurate representation of who you are. And that way it can also attract the right type of person. Don't talk for too long before going on a date. I think that's a huge mistake that people make. And I think the final thing would be, yeah, again, it, it all goes back to communication. And, and to that point, you cannot assume that they know what you're thinking. And on the flip side of that, stop trying to guess what they're thinking because you're probably guessing it wrong and making up stories that are not true and driving yourself crazy. And the only way to really know what they're thinking and for them to know what you're thinking is again, if you communicate about it. Well, thank you so much. I like to end it with two little questions. The first is what is something you do every day that brings you joy? I don't get to do this every single day, but the dog park is like my absolute happy place. I love seeing my dog Barkley happy. The one I go to is like on the water. It's just like the most like nature and, and open air that I get. And I feel like it's free therapy. And it's I try and go like five times a week if I can. It's absolutely my like source of joy. No, I love that. And I feel like it's also like a great place to like meet friends too. Totally, totally. And then last, what is one piece of advice? Does it have to be related to dating? That's like one of your favorites or quotes. If you don't ask, you don't get. This is something I learned from my mom and I have totally over time applied it to every aspect of my life. And if there's something you want, you have to go after it. You can't assume that other people know that you want it, um, whether it's a job and you need to like network your way into it, whether it's something in dating, again, like having to have those needs met, you need to ask for them to be met. Anything with with friendships with, you know, even the apartment that I live in, like I literally sent like an a two-page long essay about why I needed this apartment to a girl on Facebook who was looking for someone to take over her lease, even though 30 other people messaged her before me, I was like, no, I need this apartment. And that's how I ended up here. So really, like, if you don't ask, you don't get. I love that. And so before I let you go, if you just want to tell everyone where they can find you and follow you on Instagram and your podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You can listen to Seeing Other People wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm on Instagram at Seeing Other People and TikTok at Alana Zan. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 